the wheel, the printing press, a gasoline-powered engine, the internet, social media, and now NFTs, crypto, and the blockchain are all forms of technology that have helped mankind grow and develop. They have also helped Christians carry out the Great Commission, carrying God's gospel message to the ends of the earth for God's glory. So welcome to Reformers Roundtable, where Reformers is a pioneering community of Christians ready to guide you through the Web3 landscape. And Reformers Roundtable is a conversation held weekly in Twitter spaces between the Reformers leadership, the Reformers community, and our friends who join us live, which you can too. So go to ReformersNFT.com to learn more, to join the Discord community, as well as follow us on Twitter for updates for the next live Reformers Roundtable. Without further ado, here is this week's conversation. Uh, it's interesting. This is a, an article of Is Crypto Worth a Christian's Time? And there's a couple of, couple of different points that they make about uh, in this article, which this is uh, written by Faith Tech. It's a, a medium blog post, and it's titled... Uh, is crypto worth a Christian's time? So crypto evangelists want to make you a believer, and here's how to decide. So I think it's really interesting um, just the the, uh, the framework through which they start to take this argument. And uh, with this argument, they do uh, just go straight to the question. So what is worth a Christian's time? So here's the three arguments that they make in this article and uh, I can tweet it out and then pin it there. So let me go ahead and grab this article. So this is, this is from the latest episode of The Reformer. Uh, the three arguments that they make for what is worth a Christian's time is, number one, crypto would be worth our time if it can help us love God and love others better. So obviously uh, the Great Commission. Next is crypto would be worth our time if it enables people to become more like Jesus. And then third, they argue that crypto would be worth Christians' time if it helps people uh, better steward their time, money, or other resources. And obviously in the Bible, there's parables, like the parable of the talents, um, which uh, there's uh, one parable where they go off and uh, like one of them buries it and they come back and he's like, well, why why didn't you invest it? Why didn't you do something with it? And he was like, "Well, I didn't, I didn't want to, didn't know if it was, uh, I didn't know if that was right, that kind of thing." And gets called, obviously, uh, the wicked servant, right? So, I just think it's, I think it's an interesting thing um, to look at. For so, okay, if those are the three things that are worth a Christian's time, well, then uh, what? what is not worth a Christian's time, or how can crypto and how can Web three and how can NFTs? And I think probably one of my favorite things about this article that I've read so far was the fact that they compare it to stamps and how stamps really are a um, stamps really are a almost an analogy or a metaphor for Web three in general. And so stamps, for example, stamps you have to have a stamp in order to interact in the ecosystem of like the United States Postal Service. So you can exchange your dollars and get a stamp. Stamps can then be used to purchase uh mailing things from one location to the other. And so uh really that's one of the most interesting analogies. And so if that's true, then I think using their own metaphor, well, has the postal system allowed Christians to do those three things better? Have they helped Christians uh, love God and love others better by sending mail through the mail? Have they allowed us to be uh, more, to become more like Jesus by sending mail through the mail, by sending things from one thing to the other, that kind of thing? And then has that system allowed allowed people, helped people to better steward their time, money, and other resources? And the, the argument that I would say is yes, like a hundred percent yes. Steven, what's going on, man? Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Glad you're able to make it. Glad you're glad you're able to make it. And um, I see we've got Jay and Wen Moonser. <laughs> and Chris is now on the stage also. Hey. Thanks so much, brothers and sisters. I appreciate the chance uh, to engage a little. So you were talking about how you know we compare crypto or let's speak even more blog let's broadly let's let's you know, say blockchain. 
um, to stamps, right? And the question would be, how are we able to leverage this for the kingdom, right? And I'm having conversations with friends of mine, you know, traditional backgrounds, um, conservative theologically, um, culturally, traditionally, I'd say, you know, a lot of fundamentalism informing a lot of their approach. Um, and there's some, there's some things there, right. That would, that way in our, our embrace of technology. Uh, but even the conversations I'm having recently, right. How in the first century, how was the unification of the Greco Roman empire under a single Grecan language, right. Enabling the communication and the spread of the gospel or Roman concrete and the invention of Roman roads and the Pax Romana, right. If you want to move a little bit further, um, how did the invention of the Gutenberg printing press enable the Reformation, right? And the the choice to embrace that. Or even, right, in, in a negative way, uh, we just witnessed a, a great podcast series that was really informative and cautionary, um, largely, right, centered around how the church's attitude and embrace of the internet and how we handled that led to a phenomenon in evangelical culture, which had some serious ramifications. And so just the larger conversations around how we as believers respond to technology, kind of an Andy Crouch approach, right, where we're transforming culture um, and, and leveraging it uh, for the kingdom rather than avoiding it or being consumed by it, but instead taking this thing, whatever it is, whether it's a stamp or Roman concrete or a decentralized algorithm, um, and we're saying, okay, Lord, how can you use it for your glory? And how do I get to be a participant in that? To me, I think that's just the posture we need to assume, recognizing that these are conversations that we're having alongside our brothers and sisters in the church throughout the ages. It's just like anything else, the, the context looks a little different. Yeah, I would agree with that. This is uh, Sean again. And, and, I was uh, just in uh, another Twitter space uh, listening uh, in on an AMA uh, from uh, the Carbon 12 team, and and one of them brought up how uh, in Canada there, there was the um, uh, the block blockade, is that the right word? The strike of the truckers and how the banking system was just kind of locking them out. Stephen, you're about to chime with the right word. What word am I looking for? <laughs> No, I think that was it. Um, yeah, it was that. It was yeah. All the truckers gathered in the capital of Ottawa, and were I mean protesting a, a bunch of different things. Mostly, it had to do with how the government handled the you know what was happening in the economy related to COVID and all the different rules for uh, for some of the trade you know with the states. Um, but yeah, and continue. I think I, I know I think I know where you're going, but I'll let you uh keep going. Well, thank you. But and thanks for uh helping explain that and put words to what I'm thinking. So I think uh the interesting part um about that, so like let's say for example, all of those all of those uh truckers already had money, like web three wallets already had crypto. And then the people around them, so the businesses, those kinds of things, well, they would not have been so easily isolated, so easily shut down, so easily whatever, um, if they were still able to interact. And so the interesting thing for is crypto and Web3 worth our time is if if there's Christians out there, um, and uh, and it's be really beyond crypto, right? Because the, the title of this is Crypto and Web3 worth our time. And so... Uh, the crypto, I would argue, like, yes, because like if we're worried about getting locked out where, like, let's say Amazon or YouTube or uh, Facebook or Twitter all of a sudden just start saying, nope, you can't post anything that's the Bible related. Nope, you can't post anything Christian related. None of that. Well, then if there is a decentralized area where it's um, maybe basically managed by the public, where then we can share information, we can stream as a church, those kinds of things, we can gather our people, well then uh, there is, obviously there's a, a space and a need for that. Um, and I know that, Stephen, that's that's part of something I think that you guys are trying to solve at Ligonier is thinking about is is uh, the information that's being shared and how do you avoid the, what is it, censorship resistant, I believe is, is what I, is the term. And so that's, that's just one, one more or a couple more use cases out of Web3 and why I believe it's worth our time. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think um, when, I mean, when we look at the current landscape of the internet, most of everything we do goes through these very centralized systems and centralized companies and organizations we have. Yeah, I mean, like right now we're using Twitter, which, you know, all of our communication is going through these Twitter, the Twitter servers. And at any point in time, um, we could be deplatformed, we could be banned. Um, and when we think of large conservative, like Bible teaching organizations, um, it's you know, Christ made it very clear that the, that the world is not for us. And I think it's only a matter of time. And something at least we need to be thinking about is like, what, what does, um, like, what does wisdom look like in a world that is global and on the internet? And, you know, as we have continued, at least in the West, to progressive, progressively become more and more anti God and anti Judeo Christian worldview. Well, what does that look like when a world is very much in opposition against the message of the gospel? And that might look like being deplatformed from AWS servers or being removed from, you know, having your app yanked from the app store or having your Facebook page pulled from Facebook. Uh, you know, it's not really happening in widespread examples right now, but you could see how it could very much happen in a in a centralized world where these large organizations are run by people that are not believers. And, you know, at the same time, I also want to say there are some amazing believers at these organizations um, that are doing some, some great work for the kingdom and using their God-given talents and abilities to uh, in the, in the best way that, um, you know, they, they see fit to, to bring him glory. And so uh, it is, it is absolutely worth, I think thinking it is through though. And I, I mean, the way I see it, like right now, everything is centralized, right? Like all the servers, all of our communication, it, it goes through some intermediary. Um, what web three is like, what's so unique about web three? Really the, the, the unique value proposition it brings is it is decentralized. We do not need these massive uh, intermediaries anymore. We can go direct to the source. We can have, peer-to-peer file storage, peer-to-peer transactions, peer-to-peer, like, everything. Like, what what you currently do now, um, I think, will just become even easier. And that's why I think we'll see mass adoption is because we will no longer need a lot of these middlemen. Um, we, can, we can just do it directly through the blockchain and smart contracts in this way. I think it's going to... Uh, potentially like change a lot of how we just interact with uh, like any kind of thing on the internet. And it's, I've said this lots, but uh, I'll end here. I think we're, we'll see mass adoption when people's lives are easier and better. And they're not going to know exactly why it is easier and better, but it's, it's going to be, you know, there will be improvements in accessibility, UI, UX, but I think, the um, the underpinning of that improvement of the next stage of the internet will be due to blockchain, and that will make ultimately life easier and better. Um, it's just a big question of like how exactly that that looks, and we're starting to see examples. One one example I'll mention and then wrap up because I'm I'm rambling at this point. There's um there was just recently announced this. Uh, I think that the website is travel.xyz, but it's essentially an airline ticket system, but through NFTs. Um, so instead of having your airline ticket hosted on the American Airlines server and then having to deal with American support when you want to make a change and, you know, good luck making a change. You know, they don't ever let you change to another person's name. It's hard enough changing dates. Um, now your ticket is an NFT. And by by doing that, you have just made life a ton easier. If you don't, if you want to change your ticket, or if you want to sell it on the open market, or you want to give it to a friend, it's literally as easy as transferring it from one person to the next. You do not need to call American Airlines support anymore and be on hold for two and a half hours and and hope that they'll be kind enough to let you change your ticket to someone else. You 
hit send like you would any other NFT and, and just wait for the blockchain to do its thing. I think like that's massively disruptive. Uh, so they're you know travel.xyz is currently testing this whole um, airline NFT ticketing system in Argentina. And I think they have like 2.5 million uh, like travelers every month or every year. I forget what exact numbers were, but it's, it's like substantial, but you know, if that goes great in Argentina, you can easily see how disruptive that would be worldwide. And it's those types of innovations that I think will cause mass adoption. People aren't going to think, Hey, what's, what's, you know, what's happening here? What's an NFT? Like, why is my airline taking an NFT? They're just going to think, wow, how much easier is this that I can just transfer it to a friend? I can sell it on the open market. I can, you know, whatever it is, it's, you no longer have to deal with like, the headaches of airline travel it just becomes a lot easier and i think that's um like that's a really exciting type thing and we'll see more of those things you know as as the space matures what i wouldn't have done to have that ability a couple years ago it was the biggest headache to try to get like and and it was interesting because i had bought a plane ticket uh for an employee and that employee was no longer with the company. And so I needed to exchange the plane ticket from one employee's name to the other. And like, they weren't going to do it. And I was like, I was like, are you serious? Like we use Delta for everything, right? Not to throw Delta under the bus. Like I, I love Delta. I've, I still pretty much exclusively fly Delta and have a, have one of their credit cards. But like, I was like, come on, like y'all got to give me a break here. Like this, this needs to be a lot easier than what you're making it out to be. Literally all you got to do is change the name. Like we're, we're still weeks away from this thing. So what I would not have given to be able to easily make that exchange. So uh, I, I mean, I, I'm excited to see that come to fruition. Like the, it's so interesting, the different implications that are coming up with this. So, so I, ha- I have a question a little bit on the devil's advocate side before, unless anyone else wants to chime in. And I'm keeping an eye. If anyone is listening, uh, feel free to either drop a comment. You can, in the bottom right of your Twitter screen on your phone, there's like the little comment logo. You can pop that open and you can uh, drop a question or a thought or a comment or an article. Um, Or you can do it in the Reformers Discord as well. So um, if anyone unmutes, I'm watching the stage, no one. Um, But I'm curious. So um, what do you, if either of you have read the article, so going back to one of the first three original like reasons for why crypto specifically, so in the in the Medium article, um, why is crypto worth the time uh, for Christians? One of the interesting things that they say is, okay, well, will it help them be better stewards? And one of the things they talk about is uh, what we're all experiencing in this bear market is the downside of crypto. Crypto rises and it falls, and it rises and it falls. And I know that there's other currencies that do that, obviously, and inflation, those kinds of things. But crypto has done it a lot more than at least the U.S. dollar, which a lot of us are using. Now, other international currencies are seeing a lot of uh, fluctuation, but maybe not so many highs and lows all in the same year. So is that is crypto right now, or is it a future thing? And is it worth our time if, if that's one of the reasons why, is to be a better steward of our finances in order to advance God's kingdom. Yeah, I'll, I'll comment on that. Like, so I think it depends on how we're going to define stewardship. I'm having a conversation internally with a nonprofit that I work with. They were, um, you know, there were people who were afraid to renew an insurance policy because, I needed insurance policy that makes up, you know, a very tiny percentage of our annual budget um, because that involves spending money and you need to be good stewards of your money. Right. And I had to lead through a definition. Can you hear me? We can. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, I got a little alert on my phone there of what stewardship looks like and is biblically speaking. Right. But like mobilizing our resources for the furtherance of the kingdom uh, and using that, which that which we have for that purpose. And so even looking at the conversations in scripture, um, okay, what, what, when, and what is it that the rich or the well-off are chastised? Cause there's many, many times, um, many, oftentimes it's for the misuse and the failure to mobilize, um, and to be responsible with what they have for the furtherance of the kingdom. And 
thinking about crypto in terms of stewarding our resources, yeah, I could put, I'm 100% confident I could throw USD into a number of different currencies on the blockchain tomorrow and see a great return. But far and above the financial aspect of it, how can I steward the influence and the, the dollars that I do have, right, to advance the kingdom? Well, all of the possibilities that are unlocked through crypto to me fall under that category, which are way more important than whatever percentage return I'm going to get in the next couple of years. Um, and so to, to me, it, it's a much broader conversation around stewardship and how we're advancing the kingdom with holistically what we've been blessed with. Yeah, I'm absolutely in agreement with you. I think, oh, Mustard, I'll let you chat. Let me let me just say one thing. Um, um, the, I, you know, markets go up and markets go down. Uh, what will not change is the underpinning technology of what crypto is built on or what NFTs are built on. And I think that's really what's the exciting thing here. Um, so I, I tend to not to focus that much on, on price at the same time, I think just like Chris said, and not financial advice, do your own research. Uh, like right now, if I have any extra like capital to put somewhere, I, there's a, there's a lot of places I think I would throw it and I think it would do very well in, you know, three to five years. Um, but that speaks to my, my bullishness on on the space just as a whole and and really the technology again not caring so much about the the tokens that go up and down mustard mustard seed did you want to chime in there hi everyone god can you hear me (laughs) we got you awesome awesome uh so I've been thinking about this particular question uh, a lot recently over the last couple of weeks specifically. And I've been listening to a lot of Twitter spaces and I've been asking, uh, this is again, a very important question, you know, is do NFTs provide the avenue for good stewardship? Are they necessary? Um, and I could sit here and talk about it for a long time, but the the Reader's Digest version for me is, um, I think, and you've already touched on it tonight from what little I've heard after jumping on, I think that if the NFT can serve as a technology that, or tool, you know, in the sense of technology, in the sense of a tool, that you can use to do the things that people have been doing for centuries and millennia to uh, promote the kingdom, then I think it's worthwhile. Uh, I am faced with, in my personal, I'm very, I'm bullish on, you know, crypto and NFTs. Recently, my experience has been more in NFTs. Uh, I'm very bullish on it. I don't want to, you know, fade the market, fade the space. But at the same time, so much of what I've experienced and seen firsthand is the NFT used as a method strictly for uh, making money. And I don't want to sound preachy, but at the same time, you know, the the other day I, I read, you know, the whole, you know, can't serve God and Maman. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, I'm constantly evaluating uh, some of the things that I'm doing, some of the things, some of the other projects that I'm involved with. And I'm asking, could we do this without NFTs? Are the NFTs acting like a tool that can further God's kingdom? Um, Are we just creating a vehicle for people to earn more profit? Uh, Again, it's very good questions. And I, I could speak for a long time on this, but again, I think about it all comes down to how you intend to use the NFT. Uh, it's original intention. I should say is the best way to consider it. I think that's a really good point. It's like, I don't think there's any, like what, what an NFT, you know, there's a, there's a lot of ways to look at this. Um, and so I'm definitely not giving a well-rounded uh, response. But one of the ways I see it is, um, 
if you were to, you know, gather, so, I, you know, as, as a kid, I collected Pokemon cards. And so very naturally I saw NFTs as the collectibles, especially like the profile picture, uh, NFTs collected hockey cards, collected Pokemon cards. You know, I would buy magazines that would tell me of like upcoming releases. And like, even as a kid, I knew, like I had a sense of like what a rarer card was, you know, like the holographic cards obviously were more rare because fewer of my friends had them and they were willing to part with it for like, I had to give a lot more to, to, you know, to get a trade, for example. Um, So that like, just that the nature of that kind of, that community and that, that grouping of people that were interested in collecting hockey cards or Pokemon cards um, was defined to my, like the, you know, the, the school playground during recess. And that was kind of it. And maybe after school, but now like one of the most obvious things is you can, you can collect as a, a collectible that is provable because of the blockchain, but now it's global. And that, like that people longing for community and and people are like we i think we talked about this in the last episode i think uh, prophet made a really good comment um he he just like stated that people are lonely people want to feel like they belong and it is true um and it's it's kind of amazing to think that uh you know during and i think also one like one of the reasons nfts kind of exploded when they did like we were all locked up because of covid and we all we're missing that community that we got, however we got it. And you could have that community and you have these communities now. Like the reason we're all gathered is because we're all interested in, in similar things, like the same kind of core set of values. And it's built around, you know, different NFTs that are provable on the chain and this utility that can be built around them and the community that can be built around this common set of values that are, um, that are provable and global, you know, because they're on the blockchain. And so what you, what you said about like, yeah, I mean, we could, we could have this type of community, I guess, as a Facebook group, but there's all sorts of other implications that happen as soon as, you know, we, we kind of go down that rabbit hole uh, from, from being deplatformed, like, like we said, um, from um, like, what is the, the thing that kind of, got us there in the first place is there a is there a like a token that is gated like you kind of miss you don't have that in 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 that kind of uh experience um and you know we all use discord we're all using twitter tomorrow we could for whatever reason discord might say all nft projects are going to be removed and twitter might say all nft you know profile pictures are going to be removed, I think, which is all of us except for Sean and Sonny. <laughs> and um, and if that happens, well, that's kind of, that's okay, because there will be other solutions that are built. And the the, the thing that has brought us together in the first place, the, the token, hasn't gone away. And it will take a different shape, and that community will just move elsewhere. I think like that's a super powerful thing about um, about NFTs. And I know it's like not a well-rounded response, but that is like one of the exciting things I, I see about it. Yeah, hundred percent. And uh, to add on to what Mustard Seed was was talking about, like the actual technology, I was thinking about well, like what would be some use cases for uh, like how the technology could help us be uh, better stewards, right? So, for example, uh, I was thinking about how I take my uh, daughter. When we go to church, we check her in with this system. It takes a couple of minutes. We've got to print off this little sticker. She gets a sticker. I get a sticker. It's a code kind of thing. Well, what if and, – and then security that's at, at our church because we go to a fairly large church. I say fairly large. It's a very large church. <laughs> and uh, this, the security team is – is there, that's all they're looking for is do you have that sticker? Well, what happens if my sticker falls off? What happens if – Someone nefarious is walking through the crowd and they rip the sticker off my shoulder without me knowing about it, pickpocket style, and they walk in and they're able to like go back there and be um, with any of the kids or my daughter, those kinds of things. Like that's that's some of the things that I think about sometimes as a parent myself. And so what if one day instead it's a more efficient system? So we're a better steward with uh, our time because it takes less time. 
and a better steward with the actual technology and say, okay, what if I have a soul bound NFT that says I'm the father of my daughter and I'm, and you have to, I have to like unlock my phone and be able to do this in order to go back and pick up my daughter. Like to me, that's a more efficient system. I don't have to go and it's, it's less wasteful. I'm not printing off things and throwing it away every day. And then it's also a little bit more secure or, or a lot more secure depending upon how you look at it. Cause Yes, my phone could get stolen, but what are the chances that person's going to hack into my phone and then also be able to hack into my Web3 wallet and then be able to show like the the uh, soulbound NFT token, right, in order to get access to my daughter. So I would argue that, yes, like Web3 is worth our time because that that could be a very real world use case scenario. And going back to like the airline thing, like that is <laughs> being able to change out the airline ticket without having to spend a couple of hours on the phone and a couple hundred dollars. Like, yeah, I'm for that. <laughs> Let's save both time and money. So, um, so I, I would I would agree with you guys. This the stewardship thing is still interesting for me to to think about because as a long term play, like I think it's I think it's kind of a crapshoot, right? Like it's almost like standing at the at the craps table. So like, well, am I going to put it on red or black? or something like that, where it's, am I going to put it in USD and let it maybe grow a couple percentage points a year or put it in crypto, which is, it's just unproven long-term for what the gains are going to look like. Like, yes, in the last maybe 10 years, but I mean, it's, we're in 2022 and Bitcoin's been around since what, 2009. So I mean, a little bit before that maybe, but it's, it's still a little bit unproven as to whether or not there's going to be long, long-term gains kind of thing. Any thoughts there? Anything I said? Mustard Seed and both and Chris both kicked themselves off the stage. So it's it's just me and you left, Stephen. <laughs> really, I still see them on here. Um, but okay, that's fine. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I totally agree with you. I think my my only comment was about the soulbound NFTs. I can't like I know Vitalik has talked about it. I don't think that's an actual protocol or system yet. But I'm uh, I'm excited about about that. I think that will allow a bunch of different use cases of of NFTs, including like what you said. Which I I mean the 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 phrase soulbound is perfect when we're talking about our kids. Like there's this connection with our kids, and you know like when we have to check them in at uh, church or I mean. Like, even think of Ikea. I've never done this with my kids, but, like, I've been tempted to. You know, when you walk into Ikea and they have that, like, the big, like, indoor playground for the kids and some people just, like, you know, drop their kids and do their Ikea shopping. Um, I don't even know how they're, like, keeping track of their kids. But, why, like, why not have it done through an NFT? Uh, that seems to make a lot of sense. I think we've all been tempted to do that with our kids at Ikea. So mustard seed, what's up? <laughs> okay. So, um, can you, we can, we can. Excellent. Sorry. I was, I was questioning. I don't get on. I don't actually speak on spaces. I'm always the one to step off real quick, but, um, I, I I'm, I'm going to push back here a little bit. And, um, uh, the question is we can do all this without NFTs. I mean, I can establish that I'm my kid's father in many different ways. Yes, I have a birth certificate. No, I don't you know, I carry a copy of it around, and I could have it as an NFT, right? But um, uh, what if oftentimes uh, there's a lot to look at. I'm sorry. I have ADHD, so my brain goes crazy. So um, my concern is you have – and I'm just using whether it's a ticket on an airplane or the birth certificate or the documentation that states that you're, you're you know, family member um, coming right now. This space is the wild, wild west. It is my hope that if mass adoption occurs, there, there might be some sort of regulatory um, uh, laws or governing structure to help prevent these issues. But right now, um, if I don't keep my uh you know blue chips in a ledger um the risk for having it stolen is pretty high um it doesn't mean i don't see the value of using it uh these items as tools um there definitely is uh 
there's an ease to it. There's an efficiency to it. Um, there, there's a lot of opportunity, but, um, and I hate to say, I hate, I, I don't always like the phrase devil's advocate, but uh, I'm going to be that right now in the sense of, um, you can still do all of this without the NFTs. Just because something is a little more efficient doesn't necessarily mean it's always the right way to do it. And I think that we need to make sure that we are choosing these routes, these tools uh, for the right reasons. And yes, um, you know, getting into, man, if you've got the liquidity right now and you can afford to get under some of these uh, projects and get some of these um, tokens, um, you could be sitting pretty uh, when things take off. Uh, I come back to once again, is that the right mindset for me? Is that what God wants me to do? Am I building other communities, other people up? I mean, the Discord community is important to me. I, I love the Reformers Discord community, in fact. Uh, shill, shill. Uh, but at the same time, uh, and I can honestly say, I, I'm, I'm going to refute myself on this. I actually, I have met people in Sweden, uh, Europe, Australia, people I would never have met. And I have had amazing conversations that have glorified God. And, and we've all questioned things. And I would not have had that without um, the NFT community. Um, but... I always have to question myself, am I neglecting the people around me, my family, uh, the people at church, um, because I'm invested? And that's my that's my issue that I have to make sure that I'm balanced on all levels. But um, still, still, I, I come back to and I'm monologuing, so I need to shut up. But um, I, I need the question is, do you have to use the NFT? Can you do without the NFT? Um, and if you do need to use that NFT, are you using it the right way? And I'm going to shut up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, no need to shut up. I, I, I think uh, what I'm getting at and what I'm hearing you say is, uh, just, just because we can use NFTs doesn't mean that we should, it might not always be like the end all use case for everything, which I agree with. Like, it's not going to make everything more efficient, but it is going to make a lot of things more efficient. Um, and it was actually interesting. So, uh, I've, I've thought about this before too, just with other things, just because we can, doesn't mean we should. And, and this past week at church, um, our pastor, uh, we just entered in a new series and they're covering, it sounds like I'm shilling this week for my church. I'm, <laughs> I am a, a fan, but, um, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not like trying to convince anyone to start going there, but the, the, what the, the verse that they covered uh, part of the verses, at least, is uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, verse 12 says, all things are lawful for me. And then that's it. That's in quotes, but not all things are helpful because all things are lawful for me was like a, a saying back then in Corinth, in the church of, uh, or, or in Corinth at the time. And then the next sentence, all things are lawful for me, but I will not be dominated by anything. So all things are lawful for me were in quotes. And it's basically... Like, it's basically that way of saying, like, hey, if it's all things are lawful, so all things are legal, but then not all things are helpful is what Paul was then saying, right? So just because it's legal doesn't mean it's helpful for us. So just because we can use NFTs doesn't mean we shouldn't. And and I agree with that to some point, but I, I mean, to your point, like, yes, we can prove that we're the father or the, the mother of our kids with a birth certificate or with all of this documents and paperwork from the government, but lugging that around is just not practical. Like for example, so, so my wife and I, we've been trying to solve this problem where like we have, a, we had a spot in our garage for shoes, but his shoes never made it to their like proper resting place. Right. My daughter would kick it off. I would kick it off. My wife would kick them off. They'd be like a pile of shoes, even though we have like this, the spot where everything was good. So my wife literally today went out and she rearranged it and she moved things around and she put things off to the side because she's trying to make it easier on our family. And like people have done these studies where, Hey, all of a sudden, like if you're trying to create something, a new habit, unless it's going to be easy for you to do it there, like the harder it is to become a new habit, the harder it is to turn it into a new habit. Right. 
And so if we're trying to get people to uh, do certain things, like, yes, we need to be worried about security and keep things safe and secure. And, and like security should be, a, a and because it is a wild west, there are still a lot of scams and things like that. So maybe that will die off or maybe we'll just get wiser or maybe we'll have new tech that prevents these kinds of things. And so the technology five years down the road, just to like Stephen, for example, said was, yeah, if I had certain money, I'm going to put it in something that I think five years from now, well, the tech, the, if the price is five years from now are going to be different, I, the tech is going to be way different five years from now. The wallets are going to be different. The way to get into them is going to be different, those kinds of things. So just a couple of th- things to think about. And, and so maybe it's not the right time right now. Or maybe it's just something that never needs to get turned into something that's Web3. So again, like, hear me say Web3 is not the answer to everything, but it is a new technology that can solve some problems, for example. And the example with birth certificates, oh, sorry, Chris, I I see you want to speak too. Um, The example with birth certificates and driver's license and all that, like, we could have this physical copy, and sure, it's you know it's issued by the, the the city hall or wherever you get it from. Um, you know, Canada, you get all of your your documents through uh, this organization called Vital Statistics, and it's I think it's a government run thing, of course, like everything is in Canada. Uh, but you have to go there, and it's like it is a pain in the butt. I mean, getting a passport is a pain. In the butt. What if you can have your passport issued as an NFT? Imagine. I know we're just talking about ease and efficiency, but like, what if both, like, what if, if both is, is an option? I think there will be like a both and, um, we can have a physical passport, but why not have a, a digital version of the same thing that proves ownership? Um, and I, I echo all those concerns that you have mustard seed about, like, you know, it's a lot harder to get my actual passport than maybe the tokens in my, the NFTs in my wallet. Um, maybe. And I think that comes down to like uh, maybe like a level of like education and understanding like the current space. And right now it's like massively immature and people are getting scammed left and right. And so I think some more tools need to be built in. Um, but even I, I think I shared in Discord uh, a few days ago, someone was working on a an ERC-721 and ERC-20 R token, which is, and I don't think she they have proved like their Stanford research team. I don't think they've got the right solution, but it is interesting that people are thinking about this. But it was like a reversible um, transaction that could be done for fraud, and it was determined that you know it would be determined if it was fraud if the transaction was fraud based on this decentralized board of judges. Um, like super fascinating that you could have. An NFT that was stolen from you reversed because you provide the evidence that it was stolen and this decentralized panel of judges reverses it. And because it's this specific token, it would just revert right back into your wallet. Um, So, like, you know, it's interesting people are thinking of this thing, of these things. uh, And we need more of this because, yeah, you're right. Like, the only way to really be safe is to never connect your wallet to the Internet. Um, So... I think that'll come with time. Um, but I'll, yeah, Chris, you, I think you want to say something. Chris going once. I do believe that Chris uh, was driving earlier. So Chris, if you're in a safe spot or mustard seed, if you want to chime in too. Yeah. Um, and of course, as soon as, as soon as I see him or you guys can just interrupt me, um, I want him to be able to speak, but, uh, I agree with everything you've said. I, and I, I don't want to sound like the wet blanket here. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, it's important for me to question, uh, everything. Oh, he's back. So maybe he wants to speak. Yeah. Hey guys. Thanks everybody. Sorry. I'm moving between appointments tonight. Yeah. I mean, I, and we're, so far, we're talking about NFTs, right, in ease and convenience, and I agree completely. I'm working on getting my daughter's birth certificate so we can get a passport. She was legally adopted four years ago, but I'm still missing a document to get her a passport, right? Um, so there's absolutely an ease and convenience thing to it. But if we step back, and, and then a second ago, the previous conversation, we were talking about, you know, the, the PFPs, the profile pics, 
um, and Pokemon cards back when we were kids. If we think back to the mid '90s, trading Pokemon cards with with what was the same format as the Magic: The Gathering series, which itself was deployed to video game enthusiasts waiting in line at conventions, right, as something to do in their spare time. What we did in the early '90s with Pokemon cards on the playground was the preface to a 20-plus year industry that spanned the globe. Right? What we did back then was cute compared to what's happened since. And I think what we're playing with right here with Twitter profile picks, what do I pay a couple dollars a month to have my Hudson Taylor NFT on my Twitter? I think it's cute compared to what will be over the next two decades in the space. Um, you know, thinking about how the church over and above how the world could leverage NFTs and not that that's a bad thing for ease and convenience, things like vital statistics, um, certainly could be more efficient. But as an example, I've got to move money today between a couple different continents, right? Um, for some services that were provided and also for, um, some medical issues that came up that need addressed, um, in addition to that, we've seen articles in the reform about fundraising and how that will be uh, an NFT base because it enables us to connect with our supporters meaningfully in ways that we can't really do today efficiently. Um, it'll also, one of the things I think is really cool is it'll democratize assets, right? So if you want to invest in an asset, you don't need the whole sum. You can, fr the fractionalization of assets you can invest in a portion of that, a non-fungible token, a representative of it, and you can reap the benefits along with that. Um, so all of a sudden, uh, investment in large class assets that have significant returns and are secure uh, is accessible to way more of our brothers and sisters around the world. And we have the opportunity to steward, leverage our resources so that they can benefit from it as well in a way that retains ownership. This is not the redistribution of wealth, but the inherent democratization of it. Uh, which, to me, I just think there are so many avenues. Leveraging NFT, again, as a non-fungible token, a representation of a digital sing signature on a blockchain, which today looks like a Pokemon card. Which is cool. I still have my Pokemon cards from a couple decades ago. But way more has happened since. And I think that's how we need to look at the NFT spaces as believers. Bro, if you've kept your Pokemon cards in good shape, they may be worth something. <laughs> Dude, Charizard, Charizard was worth 100 bucks when I was in fifth grade. I saved him, and he's worth $1.50 now. Yes. <laughs> if, you, if you had sold it for $100 and then put the $100 in Bitcoin, imagine where you'd be right now. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> that's funny. <laughs> well, and... Uh, who who was it that was talking about earlier how uh, the NFT space has exploded? Like, look at the last couple of years. Uh, so our generation has hit. Uh, we grew up on certain cartoons and uh, growing up with the foundation of uh, what, like Marvel comics and those kinds of things. And now all of a sudden they're being brought to life. All the Disney movies being brought to life that we grew up with. And now, like, even our card trading system where you you don't you buy a pack of 10, you don't know what you're going to get, and then the artwork is revealed. Like, when reveal, when reveal. Well, that's what we're basically asking when our, we were driving our parents crazy when we were getting into the minivan or the SUV on the way home or my mom's beige uh, Volvo on the way home uh, with the new pack of Pokemon cards. Is when reveal. Can I open them? <laughs> right? And so it kind of is a perfect timing for this technology to evolve so that we all have, like, an artwork reveal um uh kind of thing and and something to play with so I, I think it is funny what's what's the over under on when they start making marvel or a uh, magic the gathering uh movies or po or they've already made pokemon movies so just we don't have to actually answer that that's an untouchable question unless you want to <laughs> chris was about to answer it he was about to answer it <laughs> i i just i still have some magic decks in my base yes <laughs> I still, I still have uh, my my Pokemon cards have now been uh, inherited by my five year old. They're in her playroom right now, so they're not worth anything either. <laughs> but even 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 expanding the NFT concept into into gaming, right? I mean, you've heard the example where you know you buy a level ten sword in World of Warcraft, and you can demonstrate ownership of it or even bring it into somewhere else. Um, but there, things like so. I'm talking with friends of mine who are solving problems in China. 
and the underground church, real problems that need to be solved right now, the ability to transact securely but anonymously. Um, what about the internet? What do we do when it gets censored? Can we decentralize the server hosts such that we're all in command of it, not a centralized authority? Um, what about uh, movement of funds, like we said, and secure? Ah, thank you so much. Um, movement of funds, like we described. What about um, securing information and transmitting it? Who cares if the technology is not there today? Um, you know, 1995, when Bill Gates spoke to David Letterman about the internet, the technology wasn't there to do what we're doing now. But it was about the vision of understanding where someone else to take this. And I think recognizing that we're we're first in, in a space where we're laying foundation. My friend's clearly aware that, you know, his friends in the church in China tomorrow are not going to benefit from this technology. But how can we lay the foundation to solve problems for the church globally? I think that's the perspective we need to take. You know, I could not have said it better myself, and I can't think of a better way to end this Twitter space uh, with that comment. Because, again, like we we talk about it, we hear about it in the Web3 space, but we're just getting started. It's uh, still early adoption phase uh, for the most part is what people are, are saying. And so um, thank you, Chris, for wrapping us up so eloquently. And if anyone's listening to this live or replay or in a, a podcast app, thank you so much for listening to this conversation about is crypto and Web3 worth our time and specifically looking at it through uh, a Christian um, lens. And if you are listening to this live or replay and you want to learn more, if you want to join more conversations, we do our best to host these weekly. And they start at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And uh, when we do, it's, uh, it is uh, somewhat open to the community. And we do uh, really enjoy uh, getting suggestions, answers. You can join the Reformers Discord. And then if you want to learn more, you can go to ReformersNFT.com, ReformersNFT.com. You can uh, follow us on Twitter to stay uh, in check with the Reformers Roundtable. You can ask questions in Discord if you can't join us live and say, hey, we'd love to chat about this kind of thing. And then if you want to go deeper, uh, we did launch. We have a very limited supply of our Credo collection um, or the uh, sorry restless.gift collection, part of the uh, Credo drop that's happening, which is going to be a series of NFTs. And then if you are uh, if you are building something in the Web3 space and you want to get a deeper, go deeper with our Reformers NFT group and the leadership, you can buy a Reformers NFT on OpenSea. And uh, that gets you access to several different channels in Discord um, within what's called the University as well as then it gets you access to apply for a program we have called Builders, where we come and rally behind you to ask questions, meet with them. And there is an application process to go through to get in. We've got a couple people, um, even uh, a couple that are present here that are going through the Builders program. So thanks, everyone. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Steven, uh, Mustard C, Chris, thanks for joining us on stage. Um, I see you, Jay. We've got uh, Builders Collective and... Uh, it looks like gg.eth uh, in the audience. Thanks for sticking around. We hope that you have a great rest of your night, evening, morning, wherever you are. We'll give another uh, GM, 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 as we say here in the Web3 space, which if you're new, means good morning. Uh, but we say it at all times of the day. And I hope that you have a great rest of your time.